Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Too Legit to QT. I am your host, Koya, and we have your co-host here today, hey. Hey, Tish, <laughs> who is very pregnant, and um, we actually have two more stars of the show. So, um, yes, oh, but today... <laughs> Today, we are so excited to talk to our friend, actress extraordinaire, Nicole Berger. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here and to see you both. And again, early congratulations to you, Tish. I'm so happy for you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a dream, dream of mine. So I'm super excited. Yeah, we just absolutely love Nicole. We just feel like you're our little sister. Yeah. Um, I, like literally, I, my little brother is like eight years younger than me. And the way that I start smiling when he comes in the room, I feel that way about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Nicole, she's just so talented. She's just so beautiful. She's just so cute. You know, the youth, the youth. We just love yeah, the youth yeah. out here. Thank you so much. That means the world. Well, I, I look up to you both. So the feeling is definitely mutual. Oh, <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I just like, you're just too cute for me. I just can't even handle it. But um, so Nicole, um, you are an actress. You've been an actress since you've been a child. What inspired your love and passion for acting? Oh, such a great question to start off with. Um, honestly, growing up, there was always music in the house. Um, my earliest memories um, are really soaked in the arts from uh, this marionette production of the opera, The Magic Flute, um, to um, performing uh, at a violin concert at Carnegie Hall um, and then watching The Sound of Music with my Austrian grandmother as a young child. I mean, that was a that was a Friday night tradition over um, apple pie with vanilla sauce, just a core memory. <laughs> but, um, my sense of community has really always had music at its core um, through my, my family and friends. And um, yeah, the performing arts have not only given me this outlet for expression, but uh, really some of my closest friends. And I love how acting can be a form of escapism as well. I think um, there's this line from uh, the musical cabaret that the MC gives at the beginning of the first act where it's, uh, leave your troubles outside. Um, life is disappointing. Just forget about it uh, in here life is beautiful. And I think the ability to metaphorically drop your baggage at the stage door, whatever that may be, breakup, family drama, stuck in LA traffic. We've, we've all been there. <laughs> um, but uh, I think this, this medium really gives us the chance to live in someone's shoes and to feel with this person and, um, you know, it, it increases our ability to empathize too, um, to showcase that we're all just learning individuals and that none of us are perfect and to always be understanding because you never know what someone else is going through. And I think that's a, that's a really beautiful thing. 
It's, no. it's interesting. You mentioned something about being able to see shows because we all actually, I don't know if you know this, Nicole, but we've all been trained in New York. Like mm-hmm. all, we went to Pace on theater. We went to Pace mm-hmm. University. Oh my gosh. Well, we went to the actor studio drama school at Pace. At Pace University. And we were all trained Um, in New York. And I just remember also when I came to New York, how just the environment and the city and the plays just really informed your artistry. And you as an actor and a creative. And so, how also being in a space where you could just think that way because a lot of people aren't out there. They don't have the, you know, they, they, they don't have the environment to be able to be in a creative space. How did that inform you being in like New York and being around creative people? Oh, it's so true. I, I honestly could not agree more. Um, I think, um, I I was a drama major at LaGuardia High School for Performing mm-hmm. Arts, um, where I had uh, a minimum of twenty hours of drama a week, from like mm-hmm. scene study and text analysis to uh, stage combat, even. Um, and LaGuardia really gave me this foundation for the acting world um, mm-hmm. in a theater sense. And I really, really enjoyed being surrounded by other like-minded students. Um, and I think my time there was definitely monumental in my experiences as a performer, um, just mm-hmm. living in the epicenter for live theater and just mm-hmm. immersing myself in that culture and world was invaluable to me for sure. Mm. Yeah, and you know, if you, know, if you don't look, look Gordia, if you ever seen Flash, Flash, I mean, anybody <laughs> knows the movie, look, it's based on the school, LaGuardia. So she literally went to like the ideal creative school. <laughs> like, if you want to be like, if you're out there, you're you want to go to a school that's like amazing, LaGuardia is really amazing. Like, it's creative creatively, it's just amazing. Like, if you meet mm-hmm. people from there. So it's really, you know, you really had like a really great experience to be able to experience that school. It's it's, it's just like a, it's a dream to everybody. <laughs> if you're a creative, it's a dream to go to LaGuardia. Oh, yeah. definitely. I think um, the most vital part of my time there was uh, the honor to work with Miss Warden. I mean, the, the faculty is mm. phenomenal. Um, she was my main acting teacher for our main drama block during the day and she called our class her honeybees and we knew her as our mama warden and she was just such an inspiration and to this day continues to give me unwavering support in in all that I do and I'm just so appreciative uh, to have had the pleasure of learning from her um so yeah let's just put that out there guys so hold on you got to be talented to get in LaGuardia, guys. So look, look, let's just give her flowers because it is no easy feat to get into that school. So let's just say it like she beat out 
probably like the rest of the country to get into that. <laughs> top top tier talent, cream of the crop. The world basically is not even just like the United States, it's like literally everybody from around the world. This applies. I think like people, even I've heard people who don't live in New York who like their parents will relocate them to New York to go to that high school. So yeah. it definitely um, is very prestigious. Um, you mentioned Cabaret and like um, him, the the character saying like, leave your troubles and your baggage at the door. I definitely mm -hmm. think that theater can definitely be a source of escapism, but also like a sanctuary. Um, when I was a child, my parents were, uh, they were divorced. And I remember um, I had like a musical background similar to you, Nicole. <laughs> I like study classical music for like years and I like sang opera and all that. A lot of people don't know that part of my history. Um, but I remember they were like, well, if you go this track, then you're going to know what you're going to do for like five years and 10 years. And you can't eat this and you can't drink that. And because it causes mucus. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. That's not my truth. That's not my story. That's not my journey. I'm not going to do that. So I, I moved to musical theater and my mom actually actually put me in a local community theater. And I just remember before, like my personality always like not having this sense of belonging. Like I always felt like I was a little bit different. And then when I went there, I was able to meet other, um, other kids, other teenagers and young adults. And, um, like you said, it really was a place where it didn't matter what was going on at home. It didn't matter what I was dealing with at school. Um, that was like my sanctuary. You know, we were building sets and we were learning our lines and we were just doing our thing. And, and, and it was just a place where everything was like safe and you could be who you were. And they were like more, more. Um, did you, have you ever like felt, uh, we had a teacher actually, me and Tish, uh, we were in grad school where she called the outside world civilians. And she said like, <laughs> we were artists. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, oh, this is the problem here. They're, I'm not the problem. They're the problem. Well, not yeah. problem, but I'm not different. They're different. And they don't understand that I am just a different being. I think differently. I feel yeah. differently. And my whole body is my instrument. Um, you know, it's this vessel. Yeah. It's a, it's a vessel. Um, and you have had like the opportunity to use your vessel in various different ways. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting you at the Rump premiere. Um, mm -hmm. You played Cecily alongside Cameron Boyce. And, you know, you really become like an advocate for epilepsy, awareness and all of these things. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your experiencing working with Cameron Boyce, may he rest in peace on yes. set and your advocacy for epilepsy. Absolutely. Um, my time with Cameron was such a blessing. Um, his laugh was just infectious. I remember it to this day. And the way he cared and appreciated his art is just so palpable in all that he does. And um, he was a consummate professional in, in all ways and just one of the most genuine people 
I was blessed to know and work with. Um, I remember being on set and we <laughs> we would raid the the coconut water <laughs> and wrap uh, along uh, with the the VIG and other cast members and just talk about our future uh, aspirations for creating. Um, he just loved to create art. And um, I really learned so much from him during our short time together. Um, and I know Cal was really his breakout role. Um, so he was extremely proud of this film um, and what it stood for and those involved in it. Um, at Mammoth Film Festival, actually, um, uh, where the film first premiered before COVID, um, I had the pleasure of meeting his family for the first time. Um, so Libby, Victor, his beautiful sister, Maya, um, and uh, how committed they were to raising awareness about epilepsy, which uh, really inspired me um, in the mission of the foundation, of uh, the Cameron Boyce Foundation. So I, I really wanted to give back and help the family in ways that I could. So. We uh, actually just released a college um, informational spreadsheet. Um, I'm currently doing some research um, on epilepsy representation um, and social media and on the silver screen um, and other public platforms. And um, we're aiming to create an epilepsy friendly event in the spring of this coming year. And um, uh, we're, uh, I'm also really hoping to bring some of these initiatives to um, the Harvard campus uh, and greater Boston community next year. So um, I'm, I'm very grateful to have been a small part of his continued legacy and, and, and honored. Yeah, and just, to, just so we can let people know, Cameron passed away of epilepsy, guys. So he, you know, this was his last movie, right, Nicole? Um, it was. Right. Yes. Yeah, before he passed away. So it has such a special place in a lot of people's hearts, including ours. And his family has been really, really um, informing the public of, you know, the efforts on how to um, how to heal from epilepsy and, you know, foundations that are trying to stop epilepsy. And it has been so tremendous. So if you have not had a chance to check out the Cameron Boys Foundation, please check it out. Their family is doing so many things. Nicole is doing so many things to help out. And um, we just want to put it out there for, for anyone who maybe even knows, some, knows someone and that they don't have the appropriate information. Um, exactly. Check it out. Check it out because it's a lot of information, guys, out there that people don't know that I didn't know before. So, yeah. and that's what we're really trying to do to raise awareness about it yeah. and spread information in accessible ways. Yeah. yeah. To all sorts of audiences. So, also, I appreciate Nicole, you, Yeah, no, of, of course. Also, you play and you play the piano, right? I, I do. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like a musician musician <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like um i think like when i first met you i saw there was like a clip of you playing the piano um and i have to recall it was a clip on your website you were playing the piano and i think your your dad told me that they actually used 
<laughs> they actually um, use your footage, right? Of what you actually played, right? Yes, that was um, that was in a film called All at Once, um, directed by John Abrahams. Um, that was my first experience playing a lead role. Um, I I play the character of Grace Clark, who's a piano prodigy, <laughs> and um, uh, the film's about. 9-11, um, but uh, I think I was 11 when we did that and all the piano playing you hear in the film is not dubbed over, it's it's me playing live. So that was that was a very special opportunity yeah. um, to be able to combine my, my love for acting and um, classical music is something I will, will always treasure, um, definitely. Um, <laughs> so thanks. I love that. Did you see yourself being a musician though? Do you have, cause you know, a lot of actors, they go, they go on to like do like things in music or in, you know, or they go over to the music industry, like Selena Gomez, she did that, right? Demi Lovato. Yourself kind of like being one of those people that transitions into music. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> we got to put it out there because you yeah. never know. Yeah. You never know. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Doesn't Lizzo like play the violin? Like, no, she plays the flute, I think. The flute, the sorry. Flute. Yes, the flute. She yeah, plays she's the flute. amazing. Oh my God. She plays the flute. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, one of my best friends, actually, um, uh, was a backup dancer for Lizzo's number at Coachella a few years back. And so that- Oh, I think I saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> and she had like, the, it was like a yellow kind of like leotard top, I think. Yes, it was yeah. just like a weird color crop. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know that was your bestie. Okay. Yes, that's Amanda. She's amazing. I, I, I love, love her. It. I love it. Does she sing also or? Um, we, we met on set for, um, uh, a science fiction short called Allie's Realm. Right. Um, yeah. So as well. Um, I love that. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. such a awesome. <laughs> I could totally, I could totally see you though. I could see you on the stage, like playing for Lizzo, playing with you. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you that, right? Like, you're doing like a whole musical number, like that. <laughs> Are like, we manifesting yeah. this for Nicole? No, like in like five years, when uh, you're like this pop sensation, we're like we said it first yeah. at just a QT because we believe in her and her hopes and goals and dreams. Oh and we are manifesting <laughs> this. Yeah, we're gonna manifest that because I could totally see that. You know, like you got all that talent. You know, like a Mandy like Moore, like a Mandy Moore. Oh, I love Mandy Moore. That's the biggest compliment ever. Thank you so much. Or what's the what's the one girl with American Idol? Uh, McPhee, Catherine McPhee. Like in that oh, kind of oh yeah realm, you know, because they yeah. are really compelling actors. But I mean, they can sing, like you know. Well, yeah, and she has such a great musical talent. Like, we saw Catherine uh, in Waitress on Broadway a few years back, and she was just. Stellar. I, I think I cried more tears than she did during She Used to Be Mine. <laughs> I wanted to see Waitress, but it didn't happen. I like I kept like saying when I was living in New York, I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then I just never went. There's so many shows that I, I didn't see that I 
really wanted to. There was another, um, um, it was a Sarah Bareilles who was in Waitress on Yes. 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 I love she's her. She starred as, as Jenna as well for yes. a little bit. All of those albums. All of yeah. those albums. Um, we have we have a guy that we know, Benny. You remember Benny Eldridge? You remember he had like a studio in um, Brooklyn. Um, Benny, oh, yes. he was in Waitress. He was in Waitress. I remember oh yes, yeah, yeah. It's just, like the, the the theater community is so small, guys. So just FYI, like you just start seeing all these people who are on Broadway or whatever. But we have a friend who was in who was in Waitress, and I remember he lost all his weight from all the dancing. <laughs> that he had to do it was like magical he was just like yeah i mean i had to because it was a lot of dancing the, but like, this one, uh, to keep up singing while dancing and speaking yeah. it is yes. but when yeah. you were your high school though they train you to be like a triple threat right is that how it kind of goes or do you pick certain tracks um well we when you audition um uh prior to starting at LaGuardia, um, you choose sort of a, a field of study. There's there's tech, there's instrumental, there's okay. dance, um, there's drama, and there's art. Um, I auditioned and got in as a drama major, and we we each sort of have different tracks. But I know in in my um, in my schedule we had we had dance as well. Um, we had our main acting block, we had text analysis, we had stage combat one semester, we had improv. Um, so we, we, we definitely are exposed to a breadth of different um, skills. So it's, it's a wonderful experience. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You've done a little bit of like theater and you've also done, you know, film. Like, what's the what's the difference do you find between doing theater and, and film? Because there definitely is, like, I find, like, in theater, there's, like, a different community. Like, the energy of the audience is different. And then in film, it's more so, like, you have to wait for your audience to really, like, see the performance and then wait. Like, it's such a long wait period in film to really see how people love your performance. Like, what has been, like, your experience with that? It's true. I think there is a definite difference and a beauty to both live theater and acting on the screen. Um, uh, I mean, for me, the process of creating a character remains virtually the the same, no matter if mm -hmm. I'm feeding off of an immediate audience reaction or or I have an established role that I'm performing for the silver screen, um, my sort of criteria uh, to craft a character focuses really on the needs, so the the objective, mm -hmm. the, the tragic flaw, mm -hmm. and um, the public persona, how my character is perceived by, by other people. Um, and that's mm -hmm. sort of my like three ingredient cocktail <laughs> recipe. <laughs> um, and I think com combining these ingredients has helped me tremendously as an actress. I was able to work with uh, Susan Batson um, mm -hmm. in New York uh, 
uh, to prep for uh, filming Runt, actually. And um, um, that that was her mantra. Um, and um, I think... I think playing a role also takes a lot of responsibility uh, from an actor because you're not just playing this stagnant, you know, figure on a page. I mean, you're you're really doing this character justice by um, <clears throat> living and breathing in this three dimensional fashion. And uh, I remember actually Joaquin. Phoenix said something along the lines of, uh, in his Oscar Oscar speech, um, it's your job to tell the story as an actor and to use your voice to spread awareness about a message, to give a voice to the voiceless, to those who don't have one. And I thought that was so <laughs> beautifully said um, mm -hmm. and uh, just highly telling. So. Yeah. And and you've been on, so you've had the opportunity to be on um, some film sets where you're around like high profile talent. And, um, and I know that for some people, especially for a young artist, that can be incredibly daunting um, at times, especially if it's, if you've only been on maybe one or two sets. Um, what you were actually in, and I actually watched it. <laughs> um, you were in the longest week, and you were you were uh, you played. Uh, I think Jason Bateman was in that. Olivia Wilde in the longest and week. Billy Crudup. Yes, yes, yes. And I was like, oh, like that was in New York, and mm -hmm. and whatnot. Like, what advice can you give, like other? young actors on like set etiquette and like performing alongside high profile talent and just like being able to be in that space because I've even talked to like 20 year olds 30 year olds who like have been on set with high profile talent and they're like you just have to like reel it in because you're like freaking out you're like oh my god oh my god <laughs> And but you have you have also have a job to do. So like what what has your ex, what was your experience on that set? And then also, you know, what advice can you give other young actors on being on set with high profile talent? Sure. Um, the longest week was my very first experience in film. <laughs> um, uh, but very grateful for it. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's the realization that making a film is a collaborative effort <clears throat> and your focus, yeah. as you said, um, should really be to create the best performance you're able to produce um, independent of all these like external factors of who's who and who you're associating yourself with. Um, I think for sure it's easy to get caught up in the moment, um, but mm -hmm always remember to stay grounded um, and concentrate on your delivery and being as present as you possibly can. Um, I've found uh, that some of the most well-known actors that I've had the honor of working with are very generous with their um, time and advice. Uh, you know, being respectful and focused on the job at hand um, is the
the best way to to work on set. Um, I've been able to have the great fortune of working with um, Mark Weber, uh, Teresa Palmer, um, Erica Christensen, Jessica Zor, um, Jennifer Beals, uh, Tashina Arnold, to, to name a few. Um, and really each of them has helped me um, be the best that I can be. Um, and they all sort of prescribe this philosophy that making a great film is a team effort um, and that uh, a scene can really rise or fall based on the, the weakest leg, so to speak. And so um, it's important to live up to that expectation. Um, and really set etiquette in the industry is just all about respect. And um, I always try to follow this mantra <laughs> um, on set and off in my life, but to be calm, cool, and collected. That's the three C rule. Um, and the CCC rule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. I think that's uh, awesome. And so my dad taught me that one. <laughs> talk about like you talk about a lot of the actors that you work with. Are there? Do you have any? Let's put this out in the world. Do you have any dream directors that you would love to work with? My favorite film to date is probably La La Land. Ah, <laughs> yeah. um, a, a dream project would be you know along the musical lines um sort of combining all my loves so mm -hmm. to work with damien chazelle one day would be otherworldly um <laughs> yeah i guess that is my dream <laughs> i could totally see that see the yeah. can scene in action it, it just always goes <laughs> my jazz number um <laughs> But um, yes, I'll have to I can totally see that. tap dancing shoes for that one. <laughs> I can totally, you know, I always wanted to work um, when before Chicago, and I'm, I'm a millennial. So before the movie Chicago came out, I was obsessed. I was like, I'm going to do Chicago one day. I'm going to do Chicago. And like, I was obsessed with the musical. I was told and when they did it with Catherine Zeta-Jones without me, I was young though. Yeah. I was like, so devastated. <laughs> I was like, they did it before I could grow. Like I, I had them in like 15 then at the time, but I was so devastated. Cause I was like, Oh, they did it without me. <laughs> like, like, you didn't give me a chance to get to that point where I could like play the character. Like, I literally in my mind, I was like, they're gonna wait for me. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted to do Chicago so bad as a musical. I mean, not that it's not out of the you know, maybe one day, but I was just gonna say, let's manifest it. It is on Broadway. Like yeah. No, no, I, I felt that way about Dream Girls, like when Dream Girls oh came gosh. out. I just knew that when I was big enough, I think I was like 16 when it came out and 
I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Jennifer Hudson, she stole my role. Um, <laughs> this was supposed to be mine. And everything she did after that, I was like, that was, that's for me. Like her role in Sex and the City, I was like, I don't understand this. Like I don't uh, understand what's happening here. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Respect? Yes. <laughs> Same thing, same thing. Same thing. I'm just playing. Respect, respect. Now, Aretha, I was like, okay, because I'm at the community theater that I was at. We were actually like workshopping Dream Girls. So I really felt some kind of way when they made a movie about it but all all of my friends took me like a lot of them they were older we were doing a queer christmas carol at new conservatory theater in san francisco <laughs> yes yes it was it was a lot of fun but uh they were like we want to take you to go see this so you can see your future um and they consoled me and everything and it was fine uh, but that's why like i you know i was really gung-ho about that but Respect. I mean, Aretha, I just, I can't touch that. Like maybe dream girls, Effie, but Aretha, I was like, no, J Jennifer, J-Hud, you have it. That's yours. But everything she was doing up until that, after that, I was just like, I just feel like they just forgot about me. I don't think they knew. <sighs> <me>. um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, uh one day that's i think we all start off with like oh that could be me but you want to know what I, I wanted to ask too because like we all like have these dreams that when we when we step into this industry we're like oh this is for me but then you start stepping into it and you start seeing all these challenges and all these things that you have to do what are some of the challenges that you've had as an actress especially <laughs> i'm going to say this especially we have to put this there as a young woman because there are so many challenges these days, so many expectations, so many things that they want you to do on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And like, what has people been some of your They can, And then also people knowing that you're young and impressionable and trying to feel like they can change you because of that. Yeah. Like, what has been some of your challenges? Oh, definitely. Um, I always try to remember why I do what I do. And I respect myself enough to know my boundaries um, and to be honest and to maintain my moral compass. And that's just vital, no matter the circumstances. Um, uh, from my perspective, I think the greatest challenge for a young actor is the process of auditioning. Um, I mean, trying to get noticed from hundreds of well-qualified performers is a huge challenge uh, as it is, but especially early on in an actor's career. Um, and I mean, the, the pandemic completely changed the process overnight, um, you know, from in-person, uh, in-studio uh, readings to at-home self-tape auditions um, that's really given casting directors, I think, the opportunity to hear from a, a more diverse pool of uh, aspiring actors. Um, but still the challenge remains of how to stand out appropriately in such a wide crowd. Um, 
But I think what's especially difficult, that being said, is the need to accept the odds of each audition um, mm -hmm. and how past requires so much perseverance and a, a real willingness to accept rejection um, and oftentimes without getting any feedback. Um, so it's this push to prepare for the future, to continue recording those self-tapes, to hopefully get the call back and to bounce back from rejection. Um, and um, it, it builds a thick skin for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, over the past years, I've fortunately been um, working with a team that's helped me really refine my self-tape techniques and um, learn to deliver you know, the, the best possible way um, to read the lines provided. So it definitely takes a village, but standing your ground is so important. Um, are there any roles where you, have you turned down roles because they don't meet like or they or you can't like relate to the characters or have you ever had that as an experience yet um not so much the like uh mental process of getting into the lens of this character but uh there have been um, issues more on like the physical side where they require you to get nude or there are some explicit things. Yeah. And um, in the past, I have <laughs> sort of <laughs> looked, looked past those just. Yeah, because you need a body double, girl. They got whole, whole body doubles. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Exactly. There was a um, what was the movie Benefits Friends with Benefits. Um, oh. it was Justin Timberlake and uh, oh yes, yeah. yeah. He had a, there was a scene where she had to jump in the bed. That was a body double. She was like, she was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Give me a body body double, and they got her a body double. Yeah. Mm. So, a lot of people, Julia Roberts is like that too, and I love Julia. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like with with a like you're keeping your age also and taking your age into account. Um, I know that um, <clears throat> when I was doing theater and I was like 16 and 17 and in San Francisco, um, I know that some people were like, yeah, just not yet. I don't even want to go there just yet. I, I don't want to do any intimate scenes maybe even if it if even if it is a body double they're like yeah. um i remember taking this acting class where they were like it's nothing wrong with having values and if you just have to figure out what your values are and what you think is or is not okay and yeah. you can't just say yes to everything because you just want to get the role like you have to be very clear on like what you're okay with and what you're not okay with because there may be somebody else out there who they are okay with that and that's fine but as an actor like you have to make those personal decisions yourself and sometimes it may not even be nudity it could be like I don't want to handle like uh certain subject matter I remember one class they were like um we don't want to handle like anything with abuse because it might be triggering um he was like yeah. you know, uh, I think that like the, the acting coach was saying like you know if you were a victim of abuse then you, maybe you should if 
if you're not okay with touching that subject matter to, yeah. you, know, you know, that you tell your agent, like, I don't touch this stuff. This is not, this is not in my compass and it's okay. Like, you know, cause sometimes people, they're a little bit afraid to say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Because yeah. they feel like They're not going, their agent may, they may not present them certain roles, but I do think that it's important to figure out what that is for yourself. Um, and it's so great that you're brave enough and you have a community to where they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Cause there's so much content out there. It's like the bread aisle, you know, it's like, yeah. You know, this, there's 50 million other things you can do, but yeah. I think when you're young, because even like Tish and I went to grad school together, and I just remember being like in my 20s and feeling like if I said no to something that I would like pigeonhole yeah. myself. And then you then you like grow, you get a little bit older, and you're like, that's so not true at that's all. So not true. <laughs> but you think it's true when you're like a teenager or you're in your 20s. You're like, I gotta do everything, and then you're like, you actually don't. And sometimes it's actually better when you stick to like a certain niche and you're like, this is what I do. This is, this is the range. This is the compass and you got to stay there. <laughs> and also having a, I think as an artist, like when you talk about the things that you love and the things that you admire, like you want to help epilepsy and all these things, I really think it's really important to have a clear voice of who you are, you know? And I find that like a lot of people, they're still trying to figure it out. And even like listening to you and you're talking about like, you know, it took me a while, but starting from the place where you're at right now, which is like, this is me. Like, I think it's such a great place to start out because so many people just have no idea what direction to go in for themselves. And I think that's, that probably has to, we talk about community a lot on the show because we are all a community, like an artist community. But I think it has a lot to do with your community. The people who believe in you, the people who just allow you to be yourself, your authentic self you know, and not try to like pressure you to be something that you're not. And how has your community like helped you with your authentic voice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, well I'm wondering like, how does your community help you? Yeah, I'm sorry, cause I'm having a lag on my end, but hopefully you can hear me. Um, how has yeah. your- <laughs> Glitch for- Yeah, it's, it's probably glitching. Um, how has your community helped you with your authentic voice? Oh, um, hmm. like you mentioned a little bit about your, um, you had like your acting teachers and you have like Susan Bastin, who was amazing. Susan Bastin is all about authenticity. Like, have they influenced you to kind of like be the person that you are or take certain directions? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, Susan uh, Batson um, really um, helped me prepare for, you know, any and all emotionally draining and challenging scenes. We would analyze the scripts together and um, you know, picked examples from our real life um, to mm. help bring out certain emotions. Um, so we would relate characters in the script to people in our lives. And then, you know, that, that helps um, bring the characters to life. Um, 
to believe that they were real people and not just, you know, made up characters from the story. Um, uh, my manager, Carl, uh, has helped tremendously. Um, we love, shout out to Carl. We love Carl. Carl, Carl and Barbara, we call him our boy bestie. So, <laughs> yes, he's amazing. Um, and, um, he always uh, makes an effort to make sure that I'm in a comfortable environment and always reminds me to stay true to myself. Um, yeah. So uh, I, uh, and, and John Abrahams too, the, um, the director of All at Once and uh, I worked alongside him on Clover as well. He's sort of what you would call an actor's director. Um, so he sure. wore, both hats, which was such an enlightening experience for me just starting out. Um, he had like the um, informational context to speak as a director, but also communicate with me as a fellow actor. Um, so there are so many moving parts. And um, yeah. uh, I remember actually in prep for filming all at once, he, he took me out on a, like a, a New York adventure um, to really foster the connection uh, of a uh, father-daughter um, character dynamic in the film. And uh, I remember we, we spent the afternoon at the Met and we took the subway together and just, um, I was really able to um, learn so much from just that hands-on, uh, experience and um, yeah, I'm 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 very grateful to have learned from um, so many wonderful people, and they've definitely shaped me into who I am as a performer, but also as a person. And it seems like you're staying like I think also with your age, you know. I think if somebody probably asked me like, how am I finding my authentic voice too? Now that I think about it. I think that I'm just now at 33 <laughs> finding my, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm I'm just thinking about it right now. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm just now starting to kind of find my authentic voice. Um, I don't, which is definitely, definitely like motivation and inspiration and, yeah. um, you know, uh, definitely like a lot of introspection, uh, personal self-development. But I think that like when I was your age, I was actually still, still figuring that out, but I think I definitely stayed open and I, I see and I hear you kind of staying open to your process of like knowing, knowing who you are and knowing the things that you believe in, um, but also staying open to like learning from your community and just being present. And I think that that's so important as a young person. Um, <clears throat> as a young person, um, you also are going to Harvard um, and mm -hmm. you, which number one, let's just, congratulations. <laughs> oh, I was like, yes! congratulations. <laughs> That is a feat in itself. We just say, right, we can't just say Harvard, you know, it's, it's Harvard, you know, it's Harvard. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, the you Harvard. Know, um, you know, my God children will be going to Harvard, Princeton, oh. <laughs> in there, in the womb. Right there, you, you, they hear me. Um, but, but I, but I, I, 
I know that that can be incredibly daunting as a young person. I mean, I even remember applying to grad school and and undergrad. I have a theater background like you, and I also got my master's in theater as well. And that's such a daunting process. Like I got rejected by like NYU and like University of Washington asked me to do like and like. I, I did what they told me to do. I did my two scenes. And then they're like, well, do you have anything else? And I was just like, maybe August Wilson. And I was like, wait, what? And it like threw me for a loop. And I, mm -hmm. I just remember that process being like incredibly daunting. How were you able to like pick the school that you wanted to go to? Because it's right now it's a lot about like part, part of finding your authentic voice is also about a lot of choices, right? That mm -hmm. will shape you. I mean, Tish, I don't know if you know, but she has a background in economics and then got her master's in theater. So there are mm -hmm. these things that happen along your journey that shape who you are as an as an artist and as a person. And they help you find your authentic voice. And I think you're in that season in your life. How, how like can you tell us a little bit about like the audition process and just how you were able to say, like, this is the place for me. I think I want Harvard to be a part of my story and my community. A hundred percent. And first to double down on what you were saying before, um, um, I think we all fall into the comparison trap at times. I mean, it's practically unavoidable with social media. Um, but, and in the same vein as what you were saying, making the conscious effort to tune out the noise because there is no use really in comparing yourself to what you know, society deems is like unacceptable or like the idealized or the right way to do yeah. anything and realizing that it's <clears throat> not a productive usage of your time um, and to, you know, instead fixate your time to nourishing yourself. I mean, and doing the things that make you feel happy and fulfilled. I think that's just so important, making that con conscious decision. Um and uh, oh, uh, in um, in terms of um, uh, the application process uh, for Harvard, um, Harvard has really always been my dream school, um, and I couldn't be more grateful and excited uh, for the opportunity to attend as a theater, dance, and media concentrator. Um, the application process. Uh, is part of the uh, general common application, um, which is used by uh, hundreds of universities around the country. Um, and um, essentially all your background information about a candidate is submitted online um, via the common app, um, along with your personal statement essay, um, your school transcripts and um, letters of rec. And then there are these school specific supplementals that um, are given. Um, and subjectively, the most important question is why this school? Um, uh, so my excitement about Harvard um, really stems from it providing a strong, liberal arts education um, and following this ethos that the best preparation for uh, a life in the performing arts is through a 
broad foundation in the liberal arts. Um, so I considered schools like Harvard um, and also various conservatories um, and felt that the latter education would be too narrow in focus for me, given my uh, breadth of interests. Um, so in the areas closest to my heart, um, Harvard has really incredible offerings um, in all aspects of, of theater, um, film, uh, dance, and, and music. Um, and my focus to date has been in film, but I'm really excited to uh, expand my, my fund of knowledge in the arts and test out directing possibly and screenplay and, um, you know, and more yeah. in that realm through uh, this liberal arts backdrop. So yeah, um, yeah. have I my love. dandy dandy crimson mullet. Oh, yay! <laughs> can, can we get a sweater? I just like, can... <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like I like I like I just want like a hoodie. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my yes, God. Nicole. I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to talk off offline because I need you to send me like I know people at Harvard, so whatever. It's oh my like, gosh. Amazing. And not the H and M, you know, the H and M Harvard, though I want like a real Harvard hoodie. So Okay. 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 We're on the same page with that. I'm like, yes, I'm in this work. There's a lot of people who went to Harvard. Didn't Meryl Streep go to Harvard, right? Or was um, it Natalie Portman to Harvard? Oh. It was a lot of people who went to Harvard. Lapita, right? Didn't she go to Harvard? I think Priyanka went to Yale, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot. There's a lot of <laughs> Yale grads. Angela Bassett went to Yale. Um, yes. Yeah, the grad school. So, yeah, sorry, grad school. Yes, yes, grad school. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amazing place, too. <laughs> Maybe you would be. I'm going to fact check the mural. Please, please promise me we wear all of us crimson to a Harvard v. Yale football game. No navy blue, please. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, we would definitely do that. We're invited. You got to invite us because. You know, oh, yeah. Come to Harvard. Oh. We'll see a show at the American Rep Theater. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yes. We'll have yes. ourselves a weekend. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. yes. Ooh, I love it. For that. I'm I love like your hoodie, hoodie, I promise. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that because that's, yep. that's an aspiration <laughs> of mine. I was literally in H&M the other day and I was like, no, I want a real Harvard hoodie. Uh, <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. So this is manifestation. I feel like this is a sign. <laughs> I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm going to get it. <laughs> Oh, and we need little baby uh Harvard onesies. Oh Let's do it. Oh Let's yeah. I'm writing this down. I would oh, I would yeah. I would cry if I got Harvard onesies. Nicole, we're gonna talk offline, but this is happening. We're gonna no. talk. We're gonna talk. Every official Harvard website now. <laughs> Nicole, everything that I've seen with babies is just a tear fest for me. It's just so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. I'm just like, oh my God, look at this little thing. And they're going to have little arms and little fingers and little feet. 
like, do you okay. have to be you have the little baby stockies the little stockies can you oh, buy stuff from harvard if you don't go there i don't even know yeah, absolutely oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh that was like an student deal. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, yes. Yes. So we'll, <laughs> we'll make a little group chat. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Nicole, you have, so you're going to Harvard, and that, you know, this is just giving me such nostalgia, like, and throwback to, like, to that. <laughs> time and just how like precious and informative these years are for you. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited just that we are a part of your journey. I mean, yeah. we seem like we've known, I know I've known you, you were like 16 when we like, like 16. Yeah. 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 And now you're like grown. I'm just like, Time just waits for no one. I mean, a couple years and somebody could be a teenager and then they could be a grown woman. So, um, grown girl, grown woman out here making decisions, making decisions, decisions going out. to Harvard, you know, Harvard. directing and doing, <laughs> doing all these things. Um, you know, I, I, I love looking at your social media and seeing like the different places that you've traveled and you're just such a well-rounded young woman. And that definitely you can tell, like, it just informs you as like a human being. Can you tell me a little bit about like your travels and how that has like informed you as an artist? Because I, I remember, uh, I have a friend who was telling me, uh, she went to seminary school, but now she's like, I think she is up for like a, um, what is it? Not a Nobel Peace Prize, but a, a, what's the thing? Uh, one of those, one of those awards. I don't know. She's a very, very affluent person and writer and whatnot. And uh, she told me that your your geography will influence your theology. And, um, you know, whether, and I always thought about that, um, you know, and how traveling and seeing the world, how it just influences how you see the world and the way that you're able to like connect with other people and connect to different characters. Can you tell me a little bit about your travels and like how that has influenced you as a young artist? Oh, definitely. Um, I'm very grateful to be able to visit new places and, you know, be exposed to different cultures and and, and languages. Um, I think traveling just as a whole allows for this fresh perspective um, and really helps to step out of your comfort zone, much like acting, like you said. Um, I remember... Uh, visiting Ayers Rock in Australia a few years back and meeting this uh, lovely Aboriginal woman who created this stunning uh, handmade design. Um, I, I, I love learning about ancient theater uh, when I visit family in Greece over the summers. Um, <laughs> the West End becomes my my second home when we're in London and um, uh, visiting friends in Salzburg um, which is like the, the the epicenter for classical music, um, I, all of which really helps to 
inspire um, my my training as a as a performer um, and uh, has helped me sort of widen my my field of reference mm-hmm. uh, when it comes yeah. to creating these characters. Um, yeah. uh, and it's it's given me like a, a greater vantage point to tell the stories to better communicate um, both on screen and off uh, really and to be able to understand and 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 become more uh, adaptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think it's like having like a different view of the world because I, I think sometimes in the West, we have such a narrow view of what the world looks like, what other yeah. cultures look like, how people, you know, um, live their lives. Like travel also just gives you just a broader view of how you sometimes perceive how things are supposed to be. Because we mm. think, and I've, I've, I've had to deprogram myself from this. I usually, mm-hmm. I, I, because I also am a millennial. So I'm, a, I'm like, a gener- I think I'm a generation away. We consider ourselves a gener- one generation away, bestie. No, you're, you're a millennial. Yeah, so I'm like a millennial, yeah. like a generation away. But like, I look at all the things that I have to deprogram myself because be prior to like social media and all these things, I just had like, and I grew up in the South. I just had this very narrow view of the world. I just didn't have like mm-hmm. a broader view. And now I'm like, oh, like I'm looking at this perspective, and I'm like, oh, well, that really trumps my what I thought this was going to be. Mm-hmm. or what I thought that was going to be, or how I even see characters on television now. I'm just like, oh, because you can see like characters from, I think there was like a, a show called The Heist and it was like these people yes. playing or whatever. And I was, like, um, oh. I was like, oh, this is really interesting because when I first started seeing it, I was like, well, how could this actually happen? And then I was like, oh, this is cultural. like. This is something mm. different. Like in the U.S., I'm programmed to think that they're going to have like this happen, but no, no, no. In Spain, this is how they this is how they do it. So, like, I I do think that having like a worldly view also opens up your mind to content, like the type of content you get to see mm-hmm. out there. Like, I, I don't I don't think I literally like years ago if I saw that honestly, I probably wouldn't have watched that show. But because of like this world now that we can see. Like we can, you, I'm able to have like an open mind. Does traveling also give you an open mind as an artist? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, honestly, I think my most memorable experience on set was moving to Northern Wales uh, for three months with my family uh, to film a fantasy <laughs> reality movie. Uh, in the, the bitter month of January. Um, and uh, we, we, we started our journey in London and took a four-hour drive <laughs> to the northernmost region of Wales called Snowdonia, which kind of sounds like, you know, a magical destination in its title. Um, and um, we filmed lots of exterior scenes on a, on a mountaintop near this national park. And we had a little tent that was used for warmth and protection, <laughs> um, but it flew away. Um, oh and, uh, the heaters arrived the last day of production. So that was 
<laughs> but uh, I remember the, the cast and crew all becoming so close, um, as you would imagine, given the surroundings and, and, and lack of socialization. I mean, there, there were more sheep than people here. I'm like, and I mean that. <laughs> uh, the saving place was a Domino's pizza just up the way, but like anything else was like miles and miles away. Um, but um, yeah, we had traditional Welsh, Welsh food cooked for us fresh by a, a family that owned a local farm. Um, and we, we did karaoke sessions during dinner and would belt out to Adele to end the workday. And it was just, it was really such a kind environment and, um, international community to be a part of. So, um, it, 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 it taught me a lot and, um, I, I, I'll be forever grateful to have had that experience. Yeah. Cause over here, like, no, like, when you were talking about the tip flying away, because, you know, I'm a producer, <laughs> that would, everybody would have stopped the set. I know. Project. They'd have been like, this is unacceptable, you know? And it's like, it would have been like a whole situation. It would have been like, this, this is unacceptable, and this is this. But, like, like you said, when you get into these other cultures, you'll find that it's not probably that big of a deal. Like they're like, oh, this is just a win. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. And over here, they're like, the win. It's 40 miles an hour. We're going home. Our little lead was a, uh, a three-year-old boy. So so we we were very much a family-oriented uh, community. So um I love that. Like, all yeah. in this typical type of high school the musical take on things. <laughs> Not high school the musical. You know, I also know that like <laughs> being in my 30s, people are having like, at least amongst my friend group and just people that I feel like are between 30 to 40, they're all having like these self-realizations that they're like, I have to really realize that other people all people don't think like me. Like yeah, literally yeah. the way that their mind works exactly. is totally different than mine. And it's like this self-realization. I, like, I, I mean, I know we should know that, but I also think when you are well-traveled, you really can see, no, certain people like really don't think like me. They really don't do the same things that I do. The things that are important to me are not important to them and like vice versa. But I also think that that can be incredibly helpful when you're trying to create a character because you're like, no, this makes perfect sense for this character because this character can do this and that and this because there are people yeah. out there where that is the train of thought that leads into action. So um, I just think that that's so great that at a young age, you've been able to travel and kind of like yeah. really immerse yourself in those experiences. And I know when you win like your Oscar or like Grammy one day, it'll be yeah. like all these little things. I was going <laughs> to play because when, when you have conversations like this, right, and I've been doing this for a while, it's like you're probably going to play a character from one of these regions. Like I can see that we're going to have such a great understanding of like, based on your experience on how to navigate that, that other mm -hmm. people won't be able to 
because you know when you're going through auditions and you know as a line producer and producer i see thousands and thousands of auditions you always want just a sense of authenticity or understanding of the world of these characters and i think travel allows you to be to do that so that you don't have like like sometimes when people come in and they have auditions, they literally are doing a replica of something that they've already seen on TV instead of having like an authentic perception of the character. So I think it's only going to serve you Mm -hmm. as an artist to have all of these experiences because Mm -hmm. art imitates life. We always say that, Mm -hmm. you know, it is the representation of our own experiences. Yeah, I mean, that's great, girl, because I'm telling you, like, a lot of people, and you know, I I watch these auditions, a lot of people, they just, you know, especially now that you're seeing the content is being brought in, they just don't have the worldly view to be able to even keep up with the amount of content that has a worldly view. Like, content now has a worldly view. Yeah, especially with Netflix. Yeah, it's only going to serve you as artists, you know, mm-hmm. as you continue on your journey to, you know, keep having that, you know, diverse perspective and an inclusive perspective of, of, you know, different people. So well, congrats for that, because it's hard to find. I'm telling you, it is not. An <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, well, we are approaching the end of our podcast, but we know that not only are you our friend, but you are also now part of our podcast community. So we know that you are coming back. Yes. With, you know, different projects that you do. Maybe you're directing, producing, acting, yes. all, all of the above. You will be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was such a blast. Yes, and we yeah. love it so much. But we do ask everybody. We have a question each season that we ask people. And, you know, this season, we just really want to promote other people's films and just, you know, things that have uh, films from the past, films that are happening now, uh, that are streaming out now. And so we are asking everybody if you could only watch one film or TV show for the rest of your life, what would it be? I think you kind of answered that question earlier <laughs> with La La Lamb, but maybe you want to throw out something else. I don't know. Uh, that's up to you. Oh, that's such a great question. Um but I'd have to say, I'd have to say Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Karaoke song. I, I mm-hmm. pretend mm-hmm. I'm on my world avatar when I'm in the shower. Like I, I, I live, breathe. Ava. I think it's fitting. Mama Mia. Yeah. It's really great music in Mamma Mia. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mama Mia. I think we should go on tour. We have a, uh, we have our I, I am ready. I told you. I would do it. If I can get a Chicago two-step in there, somewhere, then I totally will do it because I'm telling you, like, I'm manifesting that one day. Oh, I, wait. Okay, okay, wait. I got it. it. 
we will do like a rendition or reimagine modern day that has components of Mamma Mia, Chicago, and Dream Worlds. Mm -hmm. We will write the script. We will collaborate. So we are manifesting mm -hmm. this. Yes. That, that would be a dream. That would be a dream. This is our next podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, we'll make it, maybe we'll make it into like a holiday show because you know people love stuff like that. Yeah. We love that. A Hallmark yes. I think that will be a gap year uh, well spent on my <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I, I think like would that. love to hear about that one, actually. I will yeah. give us a little plug. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm with it. it. I'm with it. I look, Tisha's wheels are turning. Don't get yeah, it is. You see, I'm like, come, really? And it's and it's very profitable because it's a already you already have like a built-in audience. So people who are fans of all three shows will automatically watch it. So it's not a little hard marketing pitch. Yeah. It's so I think I, I mean, we need to throw in a little original number. Maybe Lizzo can can step in. Ah! Oh yeah. You on the piano in like a tutu of sneakers and Lizzo on the flute. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I'm seeing it. My wheels are turning too. This is, yeah. this is okay. 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 <laughs> Food for thought. And we're going to workshop it um, for your uh, thesis, your your singer, your thesis at Harvard. Cambridge won't know what, what, what had gone. So. <laughs> but but we, we are coming to the end, but Nicole, make sure you stay on a little bit longer. We always tell people that. Yes. Oh, yes. and also, if people want to follow you on social media, Nicole, can you shout out your social media handle? Yes, of course. Um, my Instagram handle is at official Nicole Berger. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well as Nicole Elizabeth Berger. Um, <laughs> and um, my website is www.nicoleberger.com. Yay. Thank you so Amazing. much. Yay. And remember, guys, to follow us too at Too Legit to QT on all platforms on Instagram, Facebook. We're going to be on TikTok soon. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so yes, I'm going to let Koya take care of that because she's the expert. <laughs> she's the expert. <laughs> and always giving a shout out to all the and the people who listen is Spotify and iTunes and people who are visually watching us on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to the channel and continue to watch us as we bring so many amazing people. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Yay. Amazing. Yeah, we're so excited. We can't this was wait so to so again. Thank, thank you. you. Such a good seeing you both. And early congratulations again to you, Tish. I'm so excited. <laughs> Onesies are coming your way. Oh, girl, don't make me cry because I, <laughs> I will be up in here. Like, you know. Oh, we're going to connect about that. That's happening. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye, guys. Uh.